Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of November 2016. It's quite interesting watching society. Even immediately around you, look at people around you and see how they're reacting on a daily basis to little bits and bites of information. And I thought to myself, it was much, much easier to have a free mind before even radio came along. In fact, before education came along, because people knew all they had to know to live and survive in their own immediate area. Education meant that there had to be a kind of slavery class to give time and, and money and freedom uh, to those who went, who did the this, this scholastic work, you see. that That's where the term comes from. School was from the Greek word meaning basically schola or free time. <laughs> and most folk who had to survive didn't have all that much free time, but they did have a lot more free time than you do today, doing your eight to five or whatever it happens to be, or two or three jobs a day, uh, trying to make ends meet, stacking shelves. I think under the free trade deals, as we go progress, as they call it, progress along this road that's putting us all into slavery. It's interesting that, uh, I've mentioned it many times before, documentaries have come out from various anthropologists studying so-called primitive tribes, and they found that most of them, even down near the Amazon region, uh, only had to work maybe two hours a day, and the rest of the day was theirs. And then at two hours, they could go out and do their hunting and get food prepared, things like that. The rest of the day was to spend with their families and their children, walk around and talk, communicate. And they didn't turn on some button or press a knob to get somebody else across outside the planet telling them what they think about. They, they thought about things for themselves. Uh, that's a natural way to be. You understand communication as we think of electronics today, it makes it much easier for a tiny minority to control the minds of the whole population, basically, everybody's brain. The radio really took off and helped even standardize and consolidate news and power, even from the, the newspapers at that time. Because you had local newspapers and... And a lot of them actually had real reporters that did local news. They went out and found the news. Then the Rockefellers, back in the 30s, had meetings with another clique they belonged to to find out how many papers they'd have to own, big papers, national ones, in order for the whole country's newspapers to follow them, just copy from them and standardise opinion. And they, found they, had, they came up with the ideal number for it, and it was pretty well correct. But then you had Radio 2, come into a big field in its own, basically. And radio could instantly get a, a national news across the whole country in no time at all. Television solidified that even more so. And But you think about it, and television also give you all your fiction. Remember I've said before, you put something new, something man-made, that wasn't in an area before. And it changes society. That also, and that's well understood among psychologists and, and behaviorists. Something new into your environment will change you and, and those who live in, in that environment. 
you put a television set in and they'll sit there at night and watch it. Well, what a power it gives a few people uh, as they play with your mind through, first of all, fiction. They're little animals, you see. That's what they say, you're little animals. And you'll cry and you'll laugh and you'll, and you'll all smile at the same time when you're watching these, these television shows. And at the same time, they indoctrinate you with all the, the new kinds of ways to feel about things. It's all about feelings and how you should feel and respond about certain things that you'll see. And they imprint themselves in your mind and that becomes your opinion. And you haven't even thought about it. It's just there. <laughs> it's just happened to arrive. And it's even more perfected today. With the internet, of course... They, they talked about it, big high-level meetings before they gave it to the public because I've mentioned before about technocracy, for instance technocracy that came out mainstream in the 1930s was a way to run the world, the whole planet everybody on the planet to control everybody on the planet and the planet itself and, and a system a system uh, run by a form of um, Engineers, you might call it, engineers who who could quantify everything. And if you lived in this system, you would have to produce and consume X amount, and it will be measured in energy units. And it's never gone away. The Rockefeller brothers incorporated it into their system a lot because they belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, private groups that run the whole planet. They set up the IMF, they set up the Bank for International Settlements, they runs the UN, they set them up too. Uh, they run everything that we take today for granted as some part of power over us, even though we haven't voted any of these things in their private clubs. They're private clubs running our lives. And folk don't even know it today. Because technocracy did not believe in democracy or the ability people to run their own lives efficiently. The experts should do it. And it's never changed, never gone away. So in regards of the system and the time you're living in since the 1930s, uh, where it was communism, socialism, uh, or what you thought of as free enterprise capitalism, it was always the same system running you behind the scenes. Always. Still is today, even though you think you've changed presidents and so on. It's still the same today. <laughs> I guarantee you. And the trick is to keep the people pretty well in the dark and to think that other folk gradually taking over control of your lives and without your permission and running it more efficiently for you is a, a normal thing to have. Bring in communism by the back door, but a more efficient communism. That's the idea of it. That you'll all live under this communism, mind you, but the elite and the ruling classes above it, uh, of course, they won't. They won't be pairing their little bicycles around town or anywhere else when they'll ban the cars for you. No, no, they'll still be driven around in limos. That's the way of it. And it's already been implemented across the board in your own little town areas by these self-appointed little groups that just grafted themselves onto your local councils that you didn't elect. And they're being responsible. They declare they're responsible right to the United Nations. Well, since the, U the UN is not elected by you or anybody else, uh, then get rid of these folk. Just kick them off the boards. Tell me, go and find another hobby yeah. or plunder some other nation, or whatever it happens to be, to fill their own pockets. Because believe you me, they're all filling their pockets from these big grants that come their way. Big time. And they're selling you all out along the way as well. Now, here's an article here 
to, 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 all, all ties together what I'm talking about tonight. So here it goes with some of the things that are going on, regardless of who you think you're electing into power. Geoengineering. Now, we know what that is, at least those who've been watching the sky since about, oh, 1998, when they started to spray the, the skies on a daily basis and kept denying it right up to the present time, even though they've been having all their many, maybe four or five times a year, global meetings in geoengineering. But here it says here, geoengineering to alter climate moves closer to reality. And uh, a United Nations body, <laughs> again, like the big big government which nobody elects, is investigating controversial methods to avert runaway climate change by giving humans a go-ahead to re-engineer the Earth's oceans and atmosphere. Now, that's, I won't go through the whole history of it. You know the history of it, that the Club of Rome was given the task, this big think tank for the, for the globalists, for the big philanthropists that run the planet in the top, the, big, the true Illuminati, you may call it, because that's what Adam Weishaupt said. He said they'd eventually run around governments and take them over through by philanthropy, and philanthropists would become the new kind of experts or kings. And that's what you have today. No one's given Soros or Gates or anybody else the rights to do what they're doing, at least not that we know of, and we don't, so I don't vote for them either. Anyway... It says here, they give themselves the rights to re-engineer the Earth's oceans and atmosphere. And they're going to use this whole nonsense of man-made global warming and climate change. Uh, we are causing it all, anthropological climate change. So we have to basically be uh, pushed in line by authorities and experts and told what to do. So-called geoengineering is seen as necessary to achieve the COP21 Paris Agreement clinched in December last year when 197 countries, we didn't, we didn't pledge, yeah, sellouts in your own countries, they're getting well padded in their pockets to do so, uh, did it for you. Anyway, pledge to keep global temperature rises below 2 degrees Celsius, what a joke, eh? How can you pledge that? It's, it's, it's just like something out of some magic book for children. Anyway, this is according to researchers who produced a report for the UN Convention on Biological Diversity. See, there's no other way they can get you to give up all your rights and freedoms except creating a, a crisis and blaming you for it. Within the Paris Agreement, there's an implicit assumption there will need to be greenhouse gases removed, said Phil Williamson, a scientist at the UK's guess where, University of East Anglia, the one that was doing all the lying emails for a while there, and were caught at it too, as, as they, 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 they finagled all the bogus claims on global warming with the fake uh, statistics and so on. Climate geoengineering is what countries have agreed to do, although we haven't, of course. Although they haven't really... Now, here's an interesting part. Although they haven't really realized that they've agreed to do it. That's how everything's done, by deception. Clever, isn't it? Large-scale geoengineering may include pouring nutrients into oceans to save coral habitats, or spraying tiny particles into the Earth's atmosphere to reflect sun rays back into space and to breathe it in your lungs and cause all the diseases that are causing right now, actually. Because <laughs> it's been doing it all along without permission and knowledge of the general public. Geoengineering proposals have been shunned because of their unpredictable consequences on global ecosystems. Well, they know exactly what they're causing to the ecosystem since they've been studying it, since they've been doing it all along and what they're doing to your health as well. 
The University of East Anglia released a study in February that concluded geoengineering ideas were hazardous, costly, or unrealistic. The Convention on Biodiversity has approached geoengineering with caution, seeking to constrain the development unless there is effective global governance. So you need global governance, you see, Williamson said. Amazing how it all ties together, always, always, always. Hmm? Risk of having local imbalances of climate are quite high. We're not quite sure how it would turn out, Williamson said. If you have a climate catastrophe, a flood or a storm, the accusation will be that it resulted from your action in the atmosphere. And that's why they've been lying all along that they haven't been doing the geoengineering because they have been causing floods and everything else as well, and droughts, etc., etc., as you well know. Anyway, this goes on and on. I won't read the rest of the rubbish. It's, it's almost, you almost like feel like washing your mouth out when you read this, this rubbish, this poisonous rubbish that they churn out to the public all the time, with the cooperation of the media. And then this one here, UK researchers tax food to reduce climate change. Well, I told you about this years ago, because uh, that's right out of the actual book, Technocracy Inc. from the 1930s, how they would, uh, food and everything is it's a form of energy, and everybody would eventually, in the communistic system run by experts at the top, would be given X amount of credits or energy units to start off their month, and you had to spend them all and put down what you were consuming all the time, which much energy you were consuming. It's all done in energy credits. That's how it's to be done. So here they go. UK researchers tax food to reduce climate change. And this is from Oxford. A group of researchers in Oxford University of England have suggested that imposing a massive tax on carbon-intensive foods Specifically, protein-rich foods like meat and dairy, you know, the stuff that keeps you healthy and alive, could help combat climate change. Uh, Pricing food according to its climate impacts could save half a million lives and one billion tonnes of greenhouse gas emission. It's amazing how they get all these amazing statements to make, eh? What it could save and all that, and save half a million lives, eh? Understand it's all bogus nonsense, all of it. Taxing greenhouse gas emissions from food production could save more emissions that are currently generated by global aviation and lead to half a million fewer deaths from chronic diseases. Well, how many chronic diseases are causing uh, with bronchitis and, and uh, all the lung problems are causing with the, the present, uh, which they well know about too, the current geoengineering that they've been spraying in the sky since 1998? Hmm? The study concluded by a team of researchers from the Oxford Martin Programme on the Future of Food at the University of Oxford and the International Food Policy Research Institute in Washington, D.C. In other words, they're getting a big massive grant, you see, to push all this rubbish and make it sound very official and authoritative. This is the first global analysis to estimate the impacts that levying emissions prices on food could have on greenhouse gas emissions and human health. Just made up bogus nonsense. That's all it is. The findings show that about 1 billion tonnes of greenhouse gas emissions could be avoided in the year 2020. Amazing how accurate they are. eh? If emissions pricing of of foods were to be implemented, more than the total current emissions from global aviation. However, the authors stressed that due consideration would need to be given to ensuring such policies did not impact negatively on low-income populations. So, but only the ones that that are living in higher income populations that spend more in taxes and so on, and probably which brings them down to low income populations and and the the end product, 
that are going to get all these penalties put upon them. Remember, too, that under the technocracy, if have the population to come down to the right amount of people, they'd have to introduce policies uh, such and take away all the best of food from the, the bulk of the population. It's not mentioned in that year, though, is it? Because, you see, as you get healthier and healthier, living in more sanitary conditions and, and better and protein, etc., to eat for your children, they grow up to be healthier and stronger and they live longer, less them die at a young age. And, and because of that, they may have children too. My goodness. Uh, it's all working together. And this, this is what they're talking about here. If the population are such idiots... They're going to allow all of this to be implemented by these non-elected organizations. Now, I'll tell you something. You deserve what you get. You deserve what you get. Because this stuff, I've been putting out for years and years and years. And step by step before it happens, and you watch it happening. But if you allow them to start to start taxing your food and then taxing you uh, on how much you eat, and you're already using <laughs> your cashless systems, which lets them know exactly how much you're buying every week, every, how much you're eating every darn day. You're already in their system, and you don't care about it. You're more interested in chasing rubbishy stories around the internet that are being put out there purposely to distract you into nonsense land. Hmm. Anyway... Emissions pricing of foods would generate a much-needed contribution of the food system to reducing the impacts of global climate change. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Repetition, repetition, repetition. As Bertrand Russell said, you must always ensure repetition of your propaganda. Another one, too, it says here, Canadian business leaders call for bold leadership on carbon pricing. Now, who are these business leaders? Do we elect business leaders? Well, no. But they seem to have their name in the press all the time. Canadian corporate executives whose companies to get employ more than a million people, maybe abroad to do, are urging Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the Premiers to press ahead with collective climate action, including putting a price on carbon emissions. Because, you see, and they don't mention it here, these private corporate executives are given millions of dollars each, free from the taxpayer, from the government, to start trading these carbon emissions, these fake carbon emissions. They make profit off it. So, since when does government supposedly, as a fascist, comply with the demands of business leaders who are going to use tax money again for their own big businesses? And I won't even bother reading the rest of this stuff, because that, that really, get, that's really, I've seen so many stories like this over the years, I can, I can see it coming in my sleep long before I read them. And here you have the, the NOAA, N-O-A-A, that does the, uh, the, the temperatures for the world and all the rest of it in the seas. And it says, Radio Sonde data shows no warming for 58 years. And... It says, in their so-called hottest year ever press briefing, NOAA included this graph which stated they've had a 58-year-long radio sonde temperature record, but they only showed the last 37 years in the graph. And here's why they're hiding the rest of the data. The error data showed as much pre-1979 cooling as a post-1979 warming. 
And this, uh, this uh, researcher here says, I combined the two graphs at the same scale below and put a horizontal red reference line in, which shows that the Earth's atmosphere has not warmed at all since the late 1950s. And it goes on and on. See, see facts don't count, though. Facts don't count when big agendas are at play to control the whole planet and control all of you. To ban your cars, to get you on bicycles, and to put you into little sustainable communities so that the elites can have all the rest of the world to themselves, all the nice pieces. And mind you, they won't have to ride bikes, etc. Have you seen the size of these characters that are getting all the grants? They can hardly get out their chairs. Never mind pedal a bicycle. That's all for you. You know the plebs. This one here, pollute less than you could cash in, Britons are told. Britons could soon be making money out of a greener lifestyle. Make money out of it as you get, you know, starved to death. Under a government proposal for personal carbon emissions allowances, right out of technocracy, Inc. And you think you vote people in that change? Think Nothing changes, folks. Except you don't have any revolutions because you think it's going to be better under whoever you elect the next time. That's why they give you these elections every so often. The same agenda goes on and on and on. So you could soon make money of a greener lifestyle under a government proposal for personal carbon emission allowances. Allowances. Remember that word, allowances. Hmm? Government study will focus on personal carbon caps, which, if adopted, could allow the public to cash in if they cut down on their emissions of carbon dioxide. So if you cut back on your starvation level... And into deeper starvation level, maybe they'll give you a few pennies out of it, which they're going to then tax off you. Anyway, it says, because um, your carbon dioxide, you mean which you breathe out, is causing global warming, they say. Just like that. You know, they've got the gods of global warming here. Those who produce less carbon under their personal cap could earn credits. So isn't this for, and I said this years ago too, isn't just for corporations. This is going to come right down to you and here it comes. And they sell it to you like it's some great deal. Because right? they've got you so trained with all your, you know, buy, buy one and get one free and all that rubbish. Of, it's, it's like the mouse traps they keep putting out there for you to, to jump into. And you're all trained to do it, unfortunately. So you'd earn credits, which might be used like points in a loyalty card. Isn't that nice, positive words? Loyalty, earn credits, and, and the negative ones are sold on to those who pollute more. The nasty ones who pollute more. The plan will be unveiled by Environment Secretary Dave Miliband. You know the communist with his brother? who you know, was, they, they fled Europe. Uh, at one point, and, uh, and brought their communism to Britain, where it's been, they've had an awful good lifestyle living off the public purse there, telling the public there how to live. And it says, imagine a country where carbon becomes a new currency. That's Technocracy Inc. Like it's all their idea. Do you understand? There's a system behind everything that you know and you take for real. And this is the real one behind it all. So it'll become a new currency, this, this, this. Milban will tell the Audit Commission's annual lecture. Carbon. We carry bank cards to store both pounds and carbon points. When we buy electricity, gas and fuel, we use our carbon points as well as pounds. See how it all works together? You want to heat yourself too in the winter? Oh, you can't this month. You've already gone over the score by five points. So you better just freeze to death. 
that's already happening in Britain. And folk are chasing sexual scandals put out there for them to chase. Under the proposed scheme, cabin allowances would cover energy use through electricity, gas, petrol and air travel. Such emissions make up 44%. Here they go with the UK's total emissions. Utter rubbish. And here they go. They always add this into it. You'll find it all through the, the right of their sustainable development plans, right down to moving you off your land and, and putting all the money into it. They'll claim our special ethnic groups, actually. I'll actually put a, a link up to one for California. They go really into it in detail there, what they're, what they're doing. And actually class you as, as to your ethnic status. No kidding. People on low incomes are likely to benefit as they will be able to sell their excess allowances, Miliband will, will say. It's all pre-written, you see. Here they are selling it to you. As they take all your rights and freedoms away from you and have people monitoring everything you buy and consume. And then a police to come down and grab you if you go over allowances. And they try to sell it to you like it's a great thing. And most folk will jump on it. Oh, something for nothing. Yeah. Big marketing strategies and big, big think tanks working behind this. People in low income incomes and people in higher incomes tend to have higher carbon emissions due to higher car ownership and usage, air travel and tourism and larger homes. Personal carbon allowances are one of several options Britain is looking to at helping to help the public. Everyone has to be positive. Help the public get involved in tackling climate change. Other ideas include carbon loyalty cards. Carbon loyalty cards. Can you believe it? League tables and use of carbon offsets at a point of purchase for certain sectors. Product carbon labeling and carbon calculators. Isn't that wonderful how they're all caring about you? Huh? They just care about you. And then all those taxes they get off you uh, for carbon will go through selected green banks run by the Rothschilds and all the usual ones. I've read articles already on that. That was decided years ago. Ay, 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 ay. Weissop said... Something, wait, a few famous things actually, which are always, always so true and, and always relevant in every, every era, because it's the same agenda going on. He said, Oh foolish man, what can you not be made to believe? Never forget that. Now, they came up with this, say, way back in the 30s. H.G. Uh, Wells was a member of the, the groups, and he pushed that too on behalf of his benefactors at the time, the big philanthropists of his day that he worked for. And to bring down the population, he talked about it all, and all the, the, the worst breeds would, would you know, die down, and the worst of uh, the working classes would die off too. In fact, he actually advocated sterilizing them all in one of his books. And people always like to remember his science fiction books, but not his non-fiction writings. So the fact he was a member of the real eugenicists that worked for uh, <laughs> the big philanthropists that funded them all, that became part of Chatham House and Royal Ship for International Affairs, 
uh, and their their left wing branch as well, which they ran. They run two sides of everything, and they ran the Fabian Society. And the Astor family funded them incredibly well because they care about humanity. But anyway, over the years, the, the same front people that belong to the, the inner organizations pull out the same things to get you acclimatized to the ideas amongst all the barrage of data, data, nonsensical data. They, they do put out the little bits that are meant to just familiarize you without you thinking too deeply about it. And this one goes back to 2007, when carbon is currency. You think it's all new? No, of course it isn't. You're trained into everything. Trained and trained and trained over years into every step of the program. Amid steadily increasing carbon emissions and a federal government hesitant to take the lead on climate legislation, 10 states in the U.S. have joined to create the first mandatory carbon cap and trade program in the U.S. They aim to reduce emissions from power plants by 10% in 10 years. Leaders of state environmental and energy regulatory agencies hammered out a detailed model for the program. Uh, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, they call it, over the course of three years. It sets a cap on the total amount of carbon that the 10 states as a whole can emit. But what they're going to do is shut this whole state down if you go over it. No, they'll tax you more as a punishment. Because they do believe they'll always take more money off you to punish you little bad little children that you are. In 2003, John E. Pataki, then New York, governor, invited governors of 10 other states from Maine to Maryland to discuss a program to cut power plant emissions. All but one of the states joined the program. Pennsylvania has observer status. Officials have closely watched the European Union, which started its carbon trading market in 2005, using taxpayers' money, of course, and they gave, gave millions to all the big corporations so they could start swapping them all and getting profits. Analysts say that Europeans have stumbled on some uh, fronts. We learned a lot from the European. The Europeans said Judith uh, Inc., advisor on environmental issues to Governor Elliot Spitzer of New York. The way we distribute the allowances will be vastly different from the European experience. Uh, I'll probably go through other pockets, that's all it means, because that's all this stuff goes into the gangsters' pockets. And I'm telling you today, from the top to the bottom, everything is gangsterism. Right down to your local level. Uh, it's inevitable, too, as society gets more and more into, well, do your own thing. They have no real morality anymore. It's all been destroyed, and things are far, far worse. And that's why, uh, I mean, in fact, we, we accept all the things. I, I have to shake my head at all the nonsense that they throw out there for you to follow. They, they can't give you any more adult sexual scandals anymore because so people are so... Jaded themselves with all the pollution they soak into themselves called entertainment on the stuff that's on their television sets of all ages, too, that watch this rubbish, this terrible stuff, which is called entertainment. That you can't get a sexual scandal going. So they hit on children once, hoping that maybe they'll still have something to do with you. I don't think even that would matter to do. I think, so, I think the folk are so polluted themselves, so contaminated with all the stuff they soak in from their Fifty Shades of this or the other, and, and Game of Thrones as they all hump each other, yada, 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 that nothing in real life shocks them at all. When, when you're not shocked when half your children are aborted every year, for God's sake, and then you don't care about them, them using all the parts of those, those children for, to sell and make money off, 
In other words, when, when we are getting bought and sold like slaves, because that's what it boils down to, and you don't care, then it, who's going to care for you when it's your turn? And they, and they want to give you the euthanasia pill because your time's up. You better start thinking of things and stop playing like children. Huh. I guess there's no point in that, really, is there? And this stuff, as I keep telling you, that's all the media is used for now. It's just a further indoctrination of what you should think and feel. But they don't bother with real news anymore. It's the, you've known that for years. It's all lies they shove out there on so many different things. And they give all the airtime in the world to rubbish statistics and nonsense that are meant to back up the, the con games that are being pushed upon you. This is in Europe, power companies were not the only businesses to profit from the new carbon market because power plants there can use credits earned from offset programs or projects that take greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere or put less of them into it. Businesses want to earn offset credits inundate the Europeans with proposals that many of would, would have a, a negligible effect on emissions or, or were for reductions that would have taken place anyway. To sidestep that problem, the program here limits offsets to five categories. Capture of landfill gas. I'm not kidding you. Drilling holes in the bottom of the sea, putting pipes down there, and filling up was in down the hole with carbon. What a joke. What a, who's counting the bubbles coming back out again? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's such a darn joke, isn't it? it truly is. It truly is. But behind every... Remember what Hitler said, too. If you're going to fool the public... You tell them, like all the public, you tell a really big lie because it's just too incomprehensible to the public to try to get away with something so huge. But this is exactly what they're doing. You couldn't tell a whopper of a lie like all this. Therefore, it must be true. That's how you think. <laughs> so here they are with all this nonsense about guesses. You know, they've got scientists that work out guesses. Let's guess about this and how much we're saving here. And let's guess about that. And let's guess about how much pollution they're putting out there, etc., etc. <laughs> and they say it with such, such holy religious conviction because they're experts, you see. Then you have the NCC, yeah. allocates more spectrum for the Internet of Things. This is important too, it all ties in together. On April 22nd, 2016, the National Communications Commission, concluding this review on the spectrum assignment plan regarding uses of low-tier radio frequency equipment, and has released further spectrum for the Internet of Things. Remember, total spectrum dominance was also part of the U.S. strategy for total control over everything, including this. It ties with the Internet of Things. It's a follow-up to a previous invitation for public consultation. Now, this public consultation, believe you me, is not for the people. They'll always pretend it's public consultation. Same with all the chronology you do with carbon credits and and uh, sustainable living, etc., etc. And it's just mainly from manufacturers of wearable technology. Yeah, they're all consulted because, in fact, they run all the shows. Eh? Wearable technology regarding a possible plan on frequency allocation for the Internet of Things, which would support numerous applications such as smart meters. L works with smart meters too, because that's part of this this whole uh, Internet of Things. Uh, 
deployed in the smart electric grid, wearable devices, road traffic surveillance and traffic control systems. And it says for further details, see, I'll put the link up, NCC considers frequency allocation for Internet of Things. This all ties in with technocracy, because in technocracy they said they'd have to have every single individual monitored 24 hours per day, continuously, for consumption of energy. But you thought that was all different parts of things, nothing to do with each other. Everything in your life as part of a one big system planned before you were born. And you don't get to vote on any of it. (laughs) The Internet of Things, or machine-to-machine, M2M, refers to the data exchange between machines via a network link to each other and the communication of the information which is customized to automatically make the correct decision. There you go. The correct decision. For example, a smart grid is a kind of M2M, machine-to-machine allocation, to which all power supply components are connected to form the electricity network. As such, the information is properly analysed in order to achieve the best allocation of power resources to improve efficiency. The government is aiming for a big push in the next decade to develop applied technology for the Internet of Things in order to meet the challenge of decreasing export in 3G products. In 2015, the Ministry of Economic Affairs commissioned domestic research institutes for 4G and beyond 4G application development projects, which have since been heavily coordinated for various local electronic device manufacturers regarding possible spectrum sharing. The Ministry has estimated that by 2018, dynamic spectrum sharing applications will have a global market value of around $7 billion. A series of industry trials have been processed for various uses such as smart meter, traffic surveillance and control systems and wearable devices. And remember your car, everything's interwoven with a smart system where they can shut you down, shut you off if you go over your consumption, blah, 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 blah. And your home and your heating and everything else. All works together. However, the NCC has highlighted the importance of potential interference issues in conjunction with the release of frequency allocation for the Internet of Things. In September 2015, the NCC decided that low-power radio frequency devices, such as wireless mice, keyboards, ear sets, selfie stick stylus pens, and object locators applying Bluetooth and bands from 2.4 gigahertz to 2.4835 gigahertz will be license-exempt and prior type approval will no longer be required. The NCC has postponed the implementation of liberalization until it has further confirmation that interference will not be an issue. Nevertheless, the NCC has confirmed the following increase in spectrum allocation for the Internet of Things, and it gives you a whole table to view, and you can click that for yourselves off this article that I'll put up tonight. Everything ties in together. I hope you understand what I'm saying here. You've been trained for years all along the same system, for the same end, uh, talking about the, this whole idea of uh, giving you cards and, and so on for your energy units, so you can, uh, and you'll get loyalty cards, just that you have certain stores where you shop and buy all your food so they know everything you buy and what you're eating exactly and all the rest of it. Eh? <laughs> you're already trained for it, you see. You don't even know that. You're all trained already for it. 
And everything, everything comes, the, 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 when you see a burst of, and I've said this years ago, when you see a burst of laws getting passed in every country, all over the place, across the world, at the same time, then it's a, you're, you're already under global governance, as I like to call it. Of course you are. Extreme surveillance becomes UK law with barely a whimper. And it says here, a bill giving the United Kingdom intelligence agencies and police the most sweeping surveillance powers in the Western world has passed into law with barely a whimper. Now, why is that? Eh? Oh, it was the 19th of November. Why is that? Meeting only token resistance over the past 12 months from inside Parliament and barely any from outside. Investigatory Powers Act, passed Thursday, legalizes a whole range of tools for snooping and hacking by security services. The Investigatory Powers Act, passed Thursday, legalizes a whole range of tools for snooping and hacking by the security services, unmatched by any other country in Western Europe or even the United States. Remember this date, November the 19th. As they pretend to the folk in Britain that they're the only folk that are getting this rammed down their throat at the same time as other countries. And I've, I've said before, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing really new in it except they're making it all legal for, for what was really illegal for them to do for years and years and years. If you ever believe you had any rights in the world, you're whistling in the wind. Mind you, you'll pay for that too, for the carbon you're putting out. The security agencies, when police began the year, uh, brace for at least some opposition, rehearsing arguments for the debate. Now, you hear that? They're rehearsing it all for, before they have a debate with the public, security agencies and police with all their PR and propaganda firms and all the rest of it, all working, you know, supposedly for the police to brainwash you, to, to convince you why it's so necessary that you have no rights at all. It says, in the end, faced with public, public apathy, the folk are apathetic in Britain, because there's hardly any Britons left, to be honest with you. It's obviously a country is in transit for folk come and going all the time there now. And, uh, and they're so full of just apathy, as they see, public apathy. And, and that's what they always said they'd bring in, apathy to the public, then they won't get involved in anything. They're just living in constant depression. This is an opposition in disarray. The government didn't have to make a single substantial concession to the privacy lobby. U.S. whistleblower Edward Snowden tweeted, the UK has just legalized the most extreme surveillance in the history of Western democracy. It goes further than many autocracies. And Snowden in 2013 revealed the scale of mass surveillance or bulk data collection, as the security agency preferred to describe it, by the U.S. National Security Agency and the U.K.'s GCHQ, which work in tandem. But against the backdrop of fears of Islamist attacks, that was a big con, of course, the public lobby has failed to make much headway, even in Germany with East Germany's history of mass surveillance by the Stasi, and where Snowden's revelations produced the most outcry, the Bundestag recently passed legislation giving the intelligence agencies more surveillance powers. The U.S. It's just coincidence they're all doing it at the same time, isn't it? The U.S. passed a modest bill last year curtailing bulk phone data collection, but the victory of Donald Trump in the U.S. presidential election is potentially a major reverse for privacy advocates. On the campaign trail, Trump made comments that implied who like to use the powers of the surveillance agencies against political opponents. 
And that's how that goes. Now here's one here. Investigatory Powers Act 2016. I'll put it up again. It's also called the Snoopers Charter. It's an act of the Parliament of the United Kingdom, passed in both Houses of Parliament, but has yet to receive the royal assent. So it's just a, a formality of the, of the Queen saying, I agree, and here's the stamp, bang. You understand how terrorism and, and fear of whatever it happens to be, oh, asteroids, if you, could, you know, anything at all, but if they, they picked on terrorism, it's easier to always pay off people to, you know, be terrorists and, and create the whole situation for it. And then you get folk to just live in fear and income the specialists. So we'll, we'll keep you in safety, but you can have no rights in the meantime. Remember, you must, you must give the people stampeding with the fear of the world coming to an end because of terrorists or coming to an end because of nuclear war or coming to an end with asteroids falling out of the sky or coming to an end because of blah, 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 you know, global warming. And but you do it all at once, all these coming to an ends, and the folk are just stampeding in utter petrified horror and hysteria. And you can ram everything through, and that's what every elitist think tank has known for centuries and centuries. Yeah. And believe you me, think tanks are very old, very old. It's not a, it wasn't a 20th century invention. It was long, long before that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'll put that up tonight too, the links for that, for anybody's interested in it. And then this one here, which is just, again, coincidence, it's all happening at the same time, isn't it? Because we're all independent countries, aren't we? You know? Taxpayers would have to foot the bill for new high-tech police powers, wireless industry says. An industry group says data interception and retention technology would be expensive, says here. That's from, that's from, the, that's from the CBC Canada. They work for the government. It says uh, police are lobbying for laws that would force phone and internet providers to install equipment to intercept digital traffic and store data. Well, they've been doing that all along. The wireless industry says it would be expensive and so on. Police are lobbying for, for laws that would force them to do it, to comply. And uh, it says that police power and privacy is a special five-part investigative series that looks at why police across the country want new powers to track tech-savvy suspects and why privacy advocates say they should be denied. The top telecommunications industry group says any government move to force its members to install equipment to intercept digital traffic and store data to aid police investigations would have to be covered by taxpayers. Well, it already is. They already have their electronic crime squads. They can get all the stuff that goes in and out. So this is much bigger. It's for a different thing altogether. It's for total surveillance of everybody at all time. And it gives you all the usual rundown and stuff. The federal government is holding public consultations. <laughs> I wonder where. On Canada's Anti-Terrorism Act, which includes proposals for new investigative powers for police to gather digital evidence. And there's... Currently, no regulation to require telecommunications companies to store data for any length of time. That's rubbish, because I've got articles from years ago where they both, all of them complied with the police to, to just uh, go along with it without even passing a law and just hand it all over in, in big bulk whenever asked. And I think it was back in 2005, every, every electronic device, communications device, 
Now, there's even faxes, computers, everything, telephones, all had to have special chips put in them. That was a law, it was put into law under a joint uh, agreement with the US and Canada that all, all these equip- the equipment sold in both countries would have to have them in since 1995. So I wish to get all their facts right. They've been doing this all along, and it's just another big power grab of making more things legal that they've already been doing, that they've been telling you. That's really what it's about. So it isn't just about cost at all. But it'd be worthwhile watching this to see where it goes. And again, it all ties in. It all ties in with the Internet of Things and and total total observation of every citizen for the for the coming taxation of energy of all kinds of energy and carbon, etc., etc., that I mentioned already to you. All right, all really does. This was this was all planned long before you were born. All of this. And then the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police boss, uh, Bob Paulson, says the police force needs warrantless access to ISP user data. And it says the RCMP warned the Prime Minister about the problem, but critics don't see need for new police powers. And it says uh, basically the same kind of thing. On June the 23rd, the RCMP sent the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's National Security Advisor a briefing note that says Canada lacks strategies and laws to address the technological limitations of police investigations. The RCMP argues that US, Australia and the UK and New Zealand, all the British Commonwealth countries of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council and Foreign Relations, members of our Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance do much more than Canada to help their police forces deal with high-tech obstacles like encryption and interception and storage of digital information. It's a challenge, Paulson says, and I think we're lagging. The RCMP briefing note closely mirrors four policy ideas floated in the federal government's green paper on national security, which is open for public consultation, it says. It's all. These are formalities as they go ahead to where they knew they would go years ago, step by step by step. And then, this one here, you should be worried about Canada's Anti-Terrorism Act. Bill C-51 has more to do with appearing tough on terror than actually making Canadians safe columnist rights. It's, it's, it's old stuff, you know. They tell you about Canadians who were tortured in foreign prisons as they were whisked out of the country. And how Canada's CSIS, this private, almost CIA-type organization in Canada, that's so secretive and hardly knows anything about them, uh, they had a role in post-9-11 torture of three Canadians in Syria. And I'll put this article up for those who want to read it themselves. There's no sex and you know, none of the usual stuff that they pollute you, your minds with all, you know, all the time. But if you don't understand this, then you'll never, never understand what's happening in the world, or in your own life for that matter, as all these laws come into effect step by step, little by little. And then there's an article here, and uh, people are <laughs> into the blues, I think, the post-election the post, uh, blues in the States and maybe elsewhere, because everything revolves around the U.S. We all know that, the power and the armies and everything else. And wars, 
and uh, they got the kind of blues after after the Trump thing, and I think that so many folk were hoping to, and they always do hope to, to vote in a saviour that's going to make things better than the last lot. And it never happens, and it, they need a lot of antidepressants to get them back on their feet again. And they try to slug it till the next election, till the journey vote their bunch back in again. Uh, that's how it works. It's a big, it's a big game that's meant to keep you from doing anything positive. I've always told you, you are your own champion. If you don't speak out and change your own lifestyle, then uh, why would you expect somebody else you don't even know to do it for you? Hmm? That's a child's dream. That. You've been sold. But this article says Trump's uh, pick, his picks for the AG and CIA are happy to, to undermine civil liberties, increase surveillance. Well, remember the articles I've just read you there about Canada and Australia and New Zealand and Britain and everything And it all ties in, doesn't it? It says this is unfortunately not a huge surprise, but it appears that the Trump administration is going to be much worse for civil liberties and surveillance. Well, Coincidence, coincidence, isn't it? You think you're on dependent nations? No, you're not. <laughs> Earlier today, Donald Trump named his choices for the CIA representative Mike Pompeo and to be the next Attorney General, Sir Jeff Sessions. And both have terrible records on surveillance, civil liberties, and whistleblowing. They're also problematic in other areas, but in the areas where we cover, it's not looking good. It says, uh, let's start with Pompeo. In an op-ed piece for the Wall Street Journal back in January this year, Pompeo called for expanding surveillance powers rather than limiting them. He criticized the USA Freedom Act and any other attempt to even moderately cut back on surveillance and said we had to go the other direction, claiming what's needed is a fundamental upgrade to America's surveillance capabilities. Well, it ties in with all the other ones because, you see, there's a much bigger government running the world than the one you think you've elected. When it all happens across these countries at the same time, come on, folks, come on. Things happen down through history, horrible things. And the next generation looks back and says, well, how could it possibly have happened? It happened because you all sat back in every generation and let it happen. You sat back and waited for someone else to stand up and say, this is wrong, stop it. We're all standing up together, or at different times, and all saying the same thing. Stop it. You're given a, a brain, and you're given a tongue, and yeah, you're being geoengineered to death, but at least you could use the breath to speak once in a while, and say the right things when you should say something. Instead of giving that authority to someone else that you don't even know, to supposedly speak on your behalf or against your best wishes. You're all trained, and you don't know you're trained. You've been trained not to think, actually. Bertrand Russell said that a long time ago, and he was part of the system that created the present culture. And even some changes you're yet to go through, he helped create it. Cultural changes. Until you couldn't think without an expert's opinion on things. It's already happened. Already happened. Right down to watching the old weather station. When that silly thing came out called the weather station, what nutter is going to watch the weather 24 hours a day? Well, that's when they started making 
raindrops a crisis. Oh, you might get a flood today, and meanwhile you'd you'd have maybe a a quarter inch of rain. Everything became a crisis. A lot of snowfall was going to be a blizzard. It's still going on yet, as you were trained and trained to be afraid of the weather. Something had always been here. Always been here. Guess what? The weather was here before you were born, and before your parents were born, and all the way down through time. Isn't that weird, eh? But not that you think it's all new, and it's all against you. Nature's a scary thing, and you're making it all worse because you're alive. Let the experts guide you and make it all better. Then Big Brother can come along, kiss you in your brow at night, and you can go to sleep and snore quite soundly. Grow up, for goodness sake, and take charge of your own lives. Or chase the things which they've deliberately put out there. Do you realize how easy it is, never mind the radio, then the TV, now with our internet, a single meme, and they have the whole, the whole country fought chasing around the world. That's your thought for the day they give you. But it's got to have sex or violence or some ridiculous stuff in it. And even that's because in a jaded society, they've watched that much porn, even in regular television, that nothing, nothing, nothing can get them going anymore. Because nothing disgusts them anymore. Nothing. And you're trained into that for a reason, and you've yet to see what, what it's going to be. I know what it's going to be. It's not pleasant. You're always being trained, and especially by what you enjoy as fiction. When they bring in psychologists and behaviorists into your entertainment industry to play with your brain, well, kiss it goodbye. You were not taking care of it in the first place when you hand it away so, so easily and casually. Sad but true. Now, there's those, those out there that are awake, and my sympathies with you. It's not easy to find folk around the world, or even close to you, uh, that are logical and understand what's happening. But I really, my heart goes out to you and hope that you can still find the occasional person here and there. And don't jump into these argumentative, rubbishy forums where you'll argue with each other to show how smart you are. You need some peace in the world, and you've got to start thinking fast, maybe where to go even, you know, things like that. And for all those who, who left so many messages on the answering machine, which I unfortunately I'd never used before, when I went to take it in the hospital, uh, unfortunately the darn thing scrubbed most of the people on it, so I don't know who they even were to get back to them. And I thank, I thank people for, for really caring, because that's what it's all about, caring. When we stop caring... Uh, it's all over, isn't it? It's all over. Anyway, from myself, from Ontario, Canada, Alan Watt, that's me. It's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs> <laughs>